In Your Money Today, Carolyn Wright finds out about the importance of philanthropy for developing sustainable economies around the world. Good morning, Carolyn. The Hong Kong Jockey Club Charities Trust is the host for the Philanthropy for Fairer Cities Forum here in Hong Kong. And I popped along to the event to find out what some of the key areas of discussion were. I'm joined now by Justin Lin, who's Dean of Institute of New Structural Economics at Peking University and former Chief Economist at the World Bank. Now, you're one of the keynote speakers here in a debate on emerging welfare in the Western East. So can you tell me a little bit about some of the main models used around the world where welfare is concerned? I think there are two main models. One is to help the poor needed people with some kind of welfare programs so they can avoid hunger, they can have good health, they can go to school. Basically, this is along the line to give the fish to the poor. Another model, which mostly in the East, that is to generate jobs through economic growth and to empower the poor to have the opportunity to earn incomes. With income, certainly they can buy food for themselves. If they are sick, they can go to a hospital. They can also support their children to go to the university. So the second model is to help the people to fish. Basically, we can divide these two main models. So two main models, but how are these models evolving over time? And why do you think it's important to revisit how they're working on a regular basis? Well, because in the West, they have the culture of giving. And so they seem to follow mostly in the first model. They have good welfare programs and they try to give fish to the poor, to the needed people. And those kind of Western idea has been very influential and uh, has been promoted. But I think that we also have to have a revisit because if you look into what the situations in the East, in the post-World War II period, the East Asian was considered as the poorest region in the world. Taking my own country, China, as an example. When we started this dynamic economic growth after the transition to market economy in 1978, that year, we have one billion population and 84% of them live in the absolute, absolute poverty below the international poverty line. I don't think you have sufficient fish in the world to give to them. But so far, you see, we did not give much fish to the poor people. But so far, all the people in China were dipped out of poverty. Hope we can achieve that through economic growth. And this growth generates jobs. Every job they have income, they're not poor anymore. And this is not only China. Actually, you look at other East Asian economies, Korea, Taiwan, and also Russia, Indonesia, and so on. After the Second World War, they were also among the poorest in the world. But so far, they are high-income economies or upper-middle-income economies close to high-income. And the reason they can achieve that, actually, is through the second model, to promote economic growth, generate a good job for the people, and also help the people to get a job. So once you end up in the situation where most people do have jobs and do have enough money, do you then sort of find that you start reverting back to, to the other model, or do the two models start to learn from one another? I think you need to learn from each other. Because if you, can, you have the second models, not only the needed people 
will be able to generate money for themselves and uh, to get the same result the social well programs want to achieve. No poverty, no hunger, good health, and so on. But also, those needed people will have self-esteem because they earn the money by their own effort, by their job, and they will be respected, and they will also respect themselves. So I think that if there's a possibility, I think the second model is better. But no matter how good your second model is, people need to be taken care of. The, the sort of backup and the emergency, maybe. <laughs> because like sharks, business, uh, business uh, recessions, or you, know, you have financial crisis, like in 1997, 1998, like in 2008. All of a sudden, the whole economy was exposed to the financial crisis. Many people lost their job. Certainly, you need to have a temporary relief. And also, you have natural calamities. Like a few days ago in Hong Kong, you had the flood, you had the landslide. Then you need have people need to be taken care of. And also, you have some people, they are disabled due to accident and so on. They also need to be taken care of. You also have older people. They are too old to work. And uh, in the past, maybe for whatever reason, they do not have enough savings. Then you need to take care of them also. So, yes, we can learn from each others. And if possible, we should promote more of this blood generation models. But at the same time, you also need to recognize there's always some people needed to be taken care of. Do you think that big business plays a role in this? And should well-known companies be getting involved and playing a part, whether that's anything to do with giving some money initially or teaching people new skills and helping society develop? I think one thing that how to get the economies grow dynamically is something so difficult. Everyone knows it's possible to have good economic growth and uh, to create jobs. That is a better model. But so are most of the countries in the world. They were trapped in poverty, were middle-income status forever. And so how to have a policy framework that can really promote dynamic economic growth is something we need to have a better understanding and to learn a lesson and make that lesson available for all the countries in the world. And so I think one way is to support research to get a better understanding how come a few economies in East Asia could be so successful. After the Second World War, East Asia was considered as the poorest region, the least hope region, but now they are more successful. And what are the reasons behind that? To get a better understanding. And so this nation can be generated and can be shared. And I think that will be a very important thing. I think this has a highest return for any kind of philanthropic investment. And secondly, we also need to educate the people because even you have a dynamic economic growth, generate jobs, but people need to be employable. And a good education will be important for people to be employable. And the third one, as you mentioned, there are always some temporary shocks. And for that, even people have job but they can lose job temporary. And so you need to have relief, temporary relief, to help them to go through those kind of difficult periods. And as I mentioned, you also have some disabled people. You also have older people need to be taken care of. And I think the big companies can 
play very important role in those areas. Supporting research to find out the good ideas and also to take care of those kind of temporary needs and uh, a few people who will have to have a long-term support. So it's all a learning process. Thank you so much for joining me today. Justin Lin, Dean of the Institute of New Structural Economics at Peking University and former Chief Economist at the World Bank. Thank you very much.